Hello, welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. After a lukewarm draw against a Newcastle team where we couldn't seem to keep a lead, uh, we're still at 16th in the league, but Chris, are we happy for a point or are we a little disappointed in the result? Honestly, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, we had the lead twice and uh, both times gave it up. Uh, one time within was about 13 minutes. The second time it was one minute and 22 seconds until uh, we had until we allowed a goal. So we're right now we're the number one team to not hold on to a lead. We give it up the most in the premier league after we score. So that's unacceptable for me, especially a team in the premier league, but uh, a team that's, you know, we're fighting relegation and we're giving away points really. Yeah. It seems like we can't hold a lead unless we score in the 89th minute, like we did against Chelsea, but yeah, they don't yeah, have a so, chance. <laughs> yeah. A two, a two, two draw against a, a, a relatively decent Newcastle team that, that was pretty, fully fit from their lineup i i'd say it was actually right on what i predicted the score to be i was hoping for a win after watching most of the first half of that game but you know a point is a point i i think it it does put us four points clear of the relegation zone we have watford left to play this after or sorry uh watford excuse me villa left to play liverpool this afternoon to see if it, assuming they lose, we'll be four points clear with about a six six or more goal differential. Uh, we're we're looking at a pretty decent spot to stay up, but really dropping two points here that that could have solidified our our chances to stay up. It, it really did hurt. And well, one thing I, I want to talk about, and probably the main point of the episode here, would be uh, like tactics. So I think we lost the game when we started making subs and it's not that uh like I, I was supportive of the Yarmolenko sub I think when we lost the game was or it's not lost but uh when we had no chance of winning was when we uh took off Lanzini and put on Noble what do you think yeah. Chris? well let's kind of start where where we started out as far as our lineup we had the the same lineup as last week or last game which which was pretty good except I it seemed to me that we mostly kind of switched Lanzini and Fernals. Fernals was very much central, kind of in that number 10 role, whereas Lanzini was more on the left flank this game. And I thought it really I, – I saw big improvements from both of them this game. I, I, so same, for, same formation as we saw last time, and we, we really came out of the gate fairly strong. We did, and I, I, Lanzini was okay for me. He wasn't the best player on the field, but – he did earn a little bit more playtime in my uh, in my view here for this game. So, and I think I've seen a slow but steady increase in him since the restart. Um, I, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket and say that he's you know definitely deserves a starting spot right now. But if he keeps on this track, I could see him uh, see him coming up. Front nows I thought played a lot better at times, but there were also some big lapses uh, that I saw from him, and I wasn't overall I was not impressed. Um, he did. Uh, uh, make some chances and also was was there to draw some defenders away which allowed us to score um so he i thought he was good in the attacking mid role but i definitely agreed with um bringing him off when um when moist decided to because especially that second goal you know that was pretty much boiled down to for nows but yeah, uh, let's, he... let's talk about the the first goal in in general so we scored and then we had 10 minutes of I would say lackluster play. Well, yeah. Would you agree with let's, that, or, or what's let, your analysis there? Let's talk about that goal. I thought it was the our first goal was a really good goal. We saw really three players heavily involved. Fornals getting it on through to 
uh, Bowen who went down the wing and then Fornals and Antonio rushing into the box with uh, really kind of the new Newcastle defender kind of getting slipped up after a pretty good Bowen cross to, to leave Antonio at the back. I thought that was really good movement. We showed much more intention. I, I loved how for, for now, for me, it was great. He always seems to run towards the goal at full speed. So even a lot of times, especially, I noticed this a lot of from Anderson especially, and even some earlier in the season from Lanzini, they'll pass the ball and then just kind of hang around. For now's really sent a pretty good ball in for Bowen and then rushed straight in towards the box. Bowen made a great run and a, and a fairly good cross. I mean, it, he was a little lucky the defender didn't get it. But overall, I thought those three players linked up really well. They did, and it was indicative of our first, say, 10 minutes of play. So we were moving the ball really well, uh, even on defense. You know, we'd play some decent defense. It was all right. Then we'd get it back up the field, and then our offense would just start passing. They'd connect. They were connecting. They were making runs. They were, you know, doing overlaps. All I mean, it was was working really well for us. Um, And, yeah, like you said, a little bit lucky uh, getting past that defender. But, hey, Antonio was in the right spot. Bone was in the right spot. Fornals had the the, – view of the field to see where his players were and see who was making runs. I, it was a great goal. And those are the kind of goals that um, we need to keep linking up because I, I think that's how, you know, yeah, we got a little lucky, but it was a good goal. Yeah. And as you mentioned it after the next kind of 10, 15 minutes after that, we weren't, we weren't really solid. I felt like our defense today was very lax. I thought our center backs really didn't mark well whatsoever. Uh, although Fornals might have been is is definitely at fault for some some fault for the second goal. I thought really both goals came down to our center backs were not marking the opposing players, and that that first goal really Ogbana should have been much further up on that line, let the ball get past him on that cross, and and Almoron had just a, a fairly easy tap in for that first goal. Yeah, I didn't see great play at all, any point really from our, our center defenders. I saw one time where Ogbana came up for a header. That was really good. Besides that, though, they had wide open. The uh, attacking players had basically wide open fields, and there was sometimes there was uh, for that. I believe it was that second goal where they had two players that were unmarked inside the box, two of them, and they ended up both touching the ball before they scored. I I understand if you want to play a narrow formation and say, hey, you know, leave some guy way out on the wing, and then we have time to go defend him. But when you're in the when two people are in the box undefended, you, you don't have that kind of time to go out on them I saw really really poor defending and you know I'd say Fredericks was okay um there were a few times he let the ball go by him but he had some good some good stuff but I I really also saw some weak points in Cresswell yeah I thought out of the back four Fredericks was definitely the best of those four although it was was mostly just an average game from him I thought he had some good points coming forward Mm -hmm. but yeah Cresswell looked a liability and I thought I thought Cresswell seemed lackadaisical and I thought Diop just fell asleep on multiple occasions uh, I that's really I feel like the weakness of our team right now is that back line I think it's close to I want to say 13 maybe 14 goal or 14 uh, games without a clean sheet in the Premier League just unacceptable we've we can take the lead we can score now but it, we've scored the last few games pretty well but just persistent lack of concentration in the in the defensive end. And, and here's a point I want to make too. I thought Fabianski actually had a pretty good game. 
Um, I thought he made some really good saves, you know, made some good decisions just all over. I thought he had it. I would classify it as a, a good game. So it, like you were mentioning those clean, that uh, lack of clean sheets there, I, maybe some goals are Fabianski's fault, but today I didn't think they were, I thought they were a complete um, a lack of coverage and allowing people to allowing attackers to run by our defenders. It, it wasn't a goalkeeper problem. No, it definitely wasn't. I thought he did make some really good saves. The one that comes to mind is that that set piece from about 22 yards out that, that their Newcastle player shot under the wall, kind of deflected off the bottom of our wall, and really a pretty good, pretty good reaction from Fabianski to, to see the change in direction of that ball and, and be able to get down and get that. Um, among a few other good, good times where he ran out and caught the ball on, on set pieces or through balls. But yeah, it, it was mostly, I'd say, our, our center backs and, and even our fullbacks, just a, a big weakness. I, 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 what, do you, what do you think we should do to solidify that up for the rest of the season? I know maybe look for new players in the transfer window in the, in the, after the season, but what do you think we can do over these next five games to solidify that? Definitely we've got some work to do in the transfer window. Some, a thought that occurred to me during the game and got me actually really worried is what happens if Fredericks gets hurt? If Fredericks gets hurt, we have no one. Zabaleta now and Ngaki are both off the team as we, you know, June 30th came around. So we, we've got no backup. And sure, maybe in the transfer window, we can go find a backup for Fredericks and he can keep playing. Um, but right now we have no backup for Fredericks. And we also maybe, I mean, we have Balbuena. He's uh, uh, the middle. He could play center back. But again, if one of our centers, like Ogbon has had some health issues recently. If one of our center backs goes down, you know, and Fredericks is injury prone. I mean, we've pretty much got one defender in Balbuena. I'm now we we do have a few uh, you know younger players that just aren't proven. But um, but besides that, yeah. So the way I would uh, Moise is in a difficult spot here. First of all, uh, I, I don't want to say he is the whole reason uh, for it, but he's made some tactical errors that I think have really hurt us. Um, he, if I were in his position. I would sit the defense down and I would anal I would watch the game film, which I'm sure they all do, and I would say, hey, like, you know, I would point out specific situations where Diop, you are way off your man. He he even was told um by Moyes to stay closer. And and I did not see that from him today. So maybe that results in uh Diop losing his starting spot just to get the point across to him. You know, maybe Balblaine Balblaine has been okay. Um and especially after the two performances from Diop, I think I think Balblaine actually may may deserve some more time. But I would set them down. I would talk to them. I would get Fabianski um, and, and, you know, kind of almost have a sit down and say, Hey, like what's going on here? Because you guys are premier league players. I mean, you've got the skill, you've got the talent. Yeah. They both, um, they both seem to show flashes of, as far as our two center backs show flashes of, of great games. I think Diop is, is a physical specimen, huge, relatively pacey for his size. And, and, can make some great tackles, but too often, yeah, he's just, he becomes a maverick on that back line. And if, if one word you never want to describe your center back is, is a maverick, you know, you want someone that's a steady Eddie in there, but, and he, I still think he'll be a great player, but yeah, for me, I would, I would, my biggest fix would be to put Balboina in for Diop and go with a little more mature, experienced center back pairing in in Ogbana and, and Balboina. Another thing I was trying to trying to think of is maybe what if you did a back three, you change the defense because right now our back four is not working. So what if you put like a, 
a Diop, Balbuena, and uh, Ogbana back there. Now, Diop, maybe we could argue, you know, he wouldn't be the best player there, but let's say you put those three back there. That way, and maybe even Cresswell, maybe you take Diop out and put Cresswell back there. Um, then you play a little bit, maybe it, move those two uh, defenders up to, or one defender up to midfield and help control the midfield, but also, and that could be Fredericks, maybe instruct him, hey, you've got to get back more, something like that. I, I, I wouldn't mind exploring that option because right now we've got to change something. Yeah, I, I'm really hesitant to do that just because I've really liked the I've I've liked the offensive output we've had of the last two games, and I really don't think move. I think to, moving to a five back would really hurt our offensive output just because you you'd have to remove an attacking player, and I really don't know which attacking player you move and how you'd restructure the the front formation. But I if if you did. Now, Moyes in his first stint as, as manager had some defensive success with a five back. It wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest of football, but it was it was more solid. And, and I I definitely agree with you. Going to a five back could fix some of our issues. I would definitely, if we did go to a five back, I'd put someone like Masuaku on the left, just to give a little more pace and, and creativity yeah. going forward than what Cresswell seemed to offer us recently. Yeah, and you know, I'm thinking about it too. If you did like a three back, um, like kind of like Wolves play, I don't know if we have the talent for that. No, um, I, I don't think the wingers. I don't think our wingers are good enough defensively to really be trusted with that, right. that defensive responsibility. But but if we right. did, but on the opposite side, I do think Fredericks and maybe Masuaku would be good enough going forward. That if if a f- under a five back they were given a little more leeway to go forward, we could still see decent offensive output. Um, but but it is also very risky to change make that large of a of a tactical change at this point in the season. It is, and we talked about last week. Moyes has been changing uh, the formation. You know, the team really hasn't settled in. I I mean, maybe now they have, but because um, we've kept the same formation for a little bit. But, but for a while there, we've been moving it around a lot. And so yeah, you're, you're right. I would be a little bit hesitant to change the formation. I think you can do better fixes like putting Balbuena. Yeah. Um, but let's talk. So we talked about the defense. What about the? What do you think of the midfield and offense? Uh, and we we talked about the first ten minutes. We had pretty good movement and possession. After that, say between um, our first goal and their first goal, saw a little bit of a lackluster. You know, didn't really connect nearly as well. And then after second goal to half, kind of analyze that for me. Yeah. So I thought one of the big differences between our first half in this game and our first half against Chelsea is both in both games we gave up a majority of the possession in the first half. We had close to maybe 30, maybe 35% in the first half for each game. Whereas Chelsea are are really, our style was let's just try and survive when we get possession and maybe get a free kick or corner. And it ended up paying with a goal uh, from Suchek. Whereas this one, even though we still only scored one goal in the first half, I really thought when we had that possession, we were intent on creating chances, much better, more fluid ball movement. Uh, and I, I really think, to me, it boiled down to – Antonio wasn't quite as good, but it boiled down to a big improvement in Fernals and Lanzini in facilitating the ball. Lanzini, I believe, had – let me pull it up. I think he had 96% passing – yeah, 28 passes and, and 96% passing success. So he seemed much more interested in the game and, and, and moved around and passed the ball a lot more. And and that 
created more fluidity and really I thought uh, good football to watch. And so I, I enjoyed that, but then I thought it kind of fell apart when in about the 60th minute, when we, when we decided to make our first sub, what did you think? Yeah, I, I really think that's the point where we lost the game. Um, it is beyond me why you would pull in a defender or sorry, sub in a defender and then take out an attacker, which you know, Lanzini, like we said, he was doing, he was doing pretty well. Um, I, I, I just don't know any, any attacker, why take them out when we were tied, you know, and, uh, and we put in Noble, which, Hey, it, it wasn't Noble's fault. It, it, this was a Moyes mistake. And I, we didn't uh, see the same offense. I think afterward, we noble help uh, i saw him one time defend but really didn't add a lot to the defense that i saw yeah i don't really i don't understand that substitution whatsoever in the moment lanzini's playing fairly well he doesn't look he doesn't look overly tired fornals is playing great in the center and we make some we put on noble who i don't really know what Moyes was expecting to get from Noble. It, it, right. We were we were one one at the time, but we were looking fairly good, and and we I think we were looking better than Newcastle at the time. And I don't understand what he was expecting to get out of Mark Noble. If he, if you were going to make a change there, I don't get why you wouldn't bring on maybe a, a Wilshire or someone like that who who looked fairly good last game. He did, and we have five subs. Like we have more subs than usual, and we used two this game. And uh, yeah, we tied great, but we, you know, that was a defensive substitution when we didn't need to go defensively. If we were up three zero, fine, put in noble, put a little bit more defense on the field, whatever, but we weren't, we were tied. Yeah. And, and you, you have Wilshire, you have, I mean, uh, just to name Silva, you know, a Yeti was on the bench today. We had um, also Aramalenko who came in later, but you've got other offensive substitutions and, and we put on noble. Well, and not only not only the just the straight Lanzini for Noble swap, but then we move Fornals into what what has easily been his weakest position, which is playing on the left side of midfield. Where when you play such a narrow back four, he's basically on the defense of becoming a wing back, and so having basically the the complete lack of pace between him and Cresswell on that on that left side having him have so much more defensive responsibility doesn't make sense. And it, it the second goal we gave up, it, it was, you know, a big part because we had no pace on that side for now's got drawn into the corner and just didn't get back on side fast enough. Yeah. And here's the thing for now's was doing well in attacking mid. And then you put on noble who he always kind of forced him to play center mid, which yeah. Okay. Maybe, but, but why not make like a winger substitution if you're going to do I don't see the point of pulling Fornals out there when Lanzini was doing fine. Yeah. You you didn't you didn't you did nothing for the the midfield anyway. So well, why not very, what, very what about much what about a Masuaku sub there? Uh, I mean, a Masuaku position for position it still would be more defensive than Lanzini. It would be more defensive. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't have supported the substitution anyways because I think Lanzini didn't need to come yeah. off, like we've mentioned. But if you have to sub Lanzini off for whatever reason, um, then, yeah, even a, even a Masuaku, I mean, he's he's going to run and, and be a little bit more attacking. You know, Mark Noble does really is a defensive player. He doesn't really um, support the attack too much. So, yeah, and I he... Just, 
makes no sense. He didn't really offer much when he was on. He 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 did his he did work and impressed, but a lot of his passes were not great for me. I thought he slowed down the play far too much. There were several times where he'd hit kind of across the field pass and it would just be behind the player where the player would have to slow down, come back and get it. And it, and it really slowed down our, 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 our flow of play. And yeah, it's overall just a baffling decision by me from boys. I thought, I thought that was, that was definitely what the main reason we lost three points. I thought that was the mistake of the game. Yep. Um, Now let's go into the second goal. So, we saw Suchek. Uh, he's been he's been pretty solid. This is what second goal in two games now. Um, should have maybe had three. That's debatable. But uh, but hey, one goal last game, one goal this game. It had a fantastic. I mean, I thought it was a good goal. Uh, what analysis do you have of his play overall and uh, and the goal? Yeah, I thought he played great again. You know, he was your man of the match last time in Chelsea against Chelsea, and I th- he was definitely one of the top two or three performers for me as well in that game. And in this game, he he really played a good game. He was he got that goal, but even out, even outside of that, he contributed a lot defensively. I thought he was he was a, one of the, the large reasons we also were moving the ball pretty well. Uh, he had forty five passes with with eighty percent accuracy, and really had I thought was making not only a lot of passes, but but relatively attacking minded passes that that got us in good positions. But yeah, that goal was great. Rice, man, Rice almost got the header, ricocheted off the crossbar. And really, it was, I was not expecting uh, Suchek to really be able to stretch his leg that far and get enough power to put it in the back corner. But good job. Back-to-back goals for him. And hopefully, I mean, he's definitely a no-question start for me alongside Rice. And Hopefully he can keep showing showing this the last five games of the season. And he, what he, one thing he really seems to be enjoying playing for West Ham, and that's something that we sometimes, you know, players like Anderson don't we don't see that from. So it's it's in it's encouraging to see a player like him uh, be excited to play for West Ham, and hopefully he can if we stay up, he'll join on a permanent, and we can we can really form a solid midfield with him and Rice. Yeah, definitely. I thought uh, Suchek too. If you look at some of the other goal, uh, not goals, but uh, shots on target that he had, or even just shots in general, if first of all, if he's missing the goal, it's it's barely. You know, Antonio misses the goal by a mile sometimes, but Suchek barely will miss the goal. Um, he had that one where he popped over the goal, and I thought that was a great attempt. He really all of his attempts are quality, which I yeah. really like. He had that um, one, yeah, that little lob that just went over. Oh, he had the header so from the the Yarmolenko cross that was a tough tough angle he got it he got it on target not enough power but yeah he he seems to create chances from that mid defensive midfield position which is really really good he's a danger on set pieces as we've seen the last two games and also just in if we're tied or losing in the last few minutes he can kind of go up there as almost a another big target in the center of the field. So. He can. And I think when you have Hilaire come back and also be kind of like a suit check where it's that big target, you know, um, can score goals, has a good, uh, can get up for headers and, and can be good on corners. I think that's going to really help. And today was actually the first game I've seen since the restart where we got a fair amount of service into the box. And I think if we had had Hilaire, I honestly think we would have had another goal. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think Hilaire, 
we're starting to miss him now. Um, we definitely can't wait to have him back. I think he's going to be a starter for me as soon as he does get back. Uh, but yeah, I think Antonio Antonio played decently, but he looked so much more tired this game, which I can't blame him. We've we have really just ran him ragged and put so much on his shoulders uh, the last few games. Even before we were in this better form, he was still the relied upon to be the only offensive output and it's it I wouldn't I like this I like the way we've been playing I don't know if I'd intentionally sub someone out but I almost think he needs to take a a game off just to to get back I'm worried that he's going to get too tired and and get injured now so Chris we had 43 percent percent possession you mentioned about 30 to 35 percent in the first half obviously Moyes is not a possession coach is it working for us? Do we need more possession? We possession in itself is not what wins you games. It's the chances you're able to create. And the more Moise is essentially concedes possession in, in hopes of getting counterattacking opportunities. And there's there's the games where you can have less possession and just be a complete uh unthreatening team team. and then there's the games where you have 30 you know 30 percent of possession but you create 10 great opportunities and i really thought that today was really one where we created much more strong opportunities although we had less possession we uh outshot them 17 to 11 and, and had seven shots on target compared to their four and this was I'm fine with us conceding more possession. I, I really don't want us to get below maybe 35 and a half or, or, you know, under 40 for a game is not really great. But if, if it's being, if we're conceding, you know, kind of 55 to 60% possession to the opposing team, but outpacing them on t- shots on target, that's not a bad way to play, especially with when you have these good link up plays, we see Bowen and Bowen and Antonio are being really good outlets on the, on the break. I'm yes, fine with it. I think the our possession stats haven't really changed over the last two games, but the way we've utilized that possession has, and I think that's been the difference. Yeah, you're right. And the possession to me, I, I don't like to drop below 40%. So possession is not an indicator of who won the game. You could have 1% possession, but if you scored, you won the game, right? But uh, but it is an indicator of how the game's gone. And if you're having that consistent 30% possession in the first half, and then, yeah, maybe you get more in the second half and bring up that final game stat. But but that first half, I, I feel like you're suffering a little bit. And I've seen in the first half, we had a decent first half this um, this time. There were some lapses, though, in, uh, I'd say, 10-minute stretches where we just would either we were on or we were off. And uh, And so that helps track back to possession here where – if you're not controlling the game, not setting the tone, not setting the pace, yeah, we'd get some counterattacks, but I would like to see a little bit more possession. But the, the problem is it's not Moise's style. And West Ham, I would say, is you know arguably not a possession team on like maybe like a Liverpool or a Man City where they've got a little bit more quality players um, to hold that possession in the back line. For yeah. us, it's kind of, uh, you kind of hope that we don't lose it in the back line, but but I think possession is an important part of the game. And that is one stat I would like to bring up, even though I don't think we're doing it horribly right now, I would just like to bring it up just a little bit. And I think there was one big difference in this game. Uh, we, we were better in the Chelsea Chelsea game, 
Uh, but in the prior games, we'd been giving up that much possession. So it's not only where what you're creating as opportunities, but what you're allowing the opposing team to do. So although we only had 43% possession, I'm going to read you the, the, the home third, middle third, away third, percent where the ball was throughout the game. So the ball was in the middle of the pitch, 40%. Pretty, pretty, pretty decent. It was in our defensive third, 24% of the time, and in their defensive third, 36% of the time. So 150% more likely to be in their third than in our third, which is really where that's key. Mm-hmm. We can, I, I'll give the other team a ton of possession as long as they're just passing it around the back four, you know, especially if we're likely to get a snag the ball off the one of their players and, and get a better opportunity. So that's, that's really key. It's really when you, when you're giving up the 60 to 70% possession and you're just giving the team, the other team, you know, half of their possessions in your half, that's where you're really having an issue. That is pretty telling. And that tells me that the defense is to blame there because if you're just letting them give possession, everything then maybe the midfield isn't doing their job, but the fact that, you know, Hey, they had 24% possession in our half or in our third, excuse me, but they still scored two. Um, we'd already mentioned that our defense wasn't marking and there were some defensive mistakes. So, uh, I think that's an important stat for Moyes to look at, especially the way he um, he plays. And I'm not saying he's not looking at it all. He he very well might be and probably is. Um, but that is a really uh, telling stat. Yeah, and it we definitely had we had a game plan coming out of this one, which we definitely did against Chelsea too. We we took advantage of Chelsea's weakness, which is kind of their center backs. When we had an opportunity for a throw in, we would do a long throw into the center. We would you know, send up big balls to our big guys in Chelsea. And, and it seemed relatively the same here where we had a plan. We, we knew what Newcastle liked to do. We mostly, you know, catered our offensive plan to take advantage of some of their weaknesses. And it, and it did pay off. We, we had two good goals and we could have had a few more. We just, yeah, our defense didn't quite have the the concentration they needed to see, to see it off. And, you know, we, we gave, we, we took the lead twice and gave it up twice uh, the second time in only about 90 seconds. So that overall, which I'd say, let's take the positives out of this. We got a point. We're still in a relegation battle, but that, that point could be key for us in the end. And Newcastle's not, you know, they're not a pushover team. And we're, we're four points clear right now. And, and really, over the next five remaining games, four extremely winnable. Yeah, I'd agree. We also got the two goals for the goal differential. And it, hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Hopefully we're well clear. But if it does, those two goals could, you know, and, and we've scored three in, against Chelsea. So we are scoring the goals. Uh, we just need to hold on to the lead. Chris, who is your man of the match? That's a tough one. I, I think there were several players that, that really – performed well I'll go ahead and mention just I thought Fornals was good in the first half he he did wasn't as good after the change so I wouldn't give him the man of the match I thought Bowen Bowen was excellent again he's got his third assist in two games and uh, but I'd actually go with with Rice here he he was just again his second game as captain we haven't really mentioned it this is four points out of two games of him as captain. I thought his leadership was pretty good. I don't think he, you know, we, we, we did have the mental lapses that get, gave it up, but we didn't, we didn't give up. We still, we still played. And I, I thought I'd give him the man of the match just 
relative good commanding presence in midfield, big facilitator with us. I thought he he's really developing as a passer on the offensive end, a lot more long balls, cross field passes that um, but I, I think you could also make an argument for Bowen, maybe even Suchek, both played solid games. Yeah, uh, it's hard not to give Rice Man of the match every single match because he's so good and he always performs. And that's what's really incredible about that player. Um, <clears throat> I think another telling stat too is, it, look, Rice maybe not as, uh, it maybe isn't scoring every single game, you know, but but that's not his role. Like if you look at where he is in the offense, he's whole, he's kind of a holding player. He's uh, plays in right between the middle third, the uh, middle third and the attacking third, kind of that line right there. And it, there's plenty of times where the ball comes out to him and he serves it right back in. And that's his role, you know, and he assists, he's getting a lot of assists in the Chelsea game, obviously had that great, um, great hit up to Antonio. So he is providing chances to the offense that we would not get without him in that position. And that, I think that's respectable, and um, and he's definitely earned one of the the better spots on our team. Um, for me, yeah, boy, yeah. I just I yeah, just want to say like he's he's been very solid the entire season, but I really think adding Suchek next to him has has kind of unlocked yes something else in him. It's allowed him to be a little more freewheeling on the offensive end. That's allowed him to kind of show his passing range, and and so those two together just fit fit like a glove yeah i agree and actually my main match should be suchek um we he had two you could stretch it to three great opportunities that third opportunity being the one where he kind of hit it over the goal but uh, but it was close and the fact that he even had that angle was incredible so um obviously scored last game scored this game he's i think yeah like you said really uh kind of coming out of his shell especially it's supported by rice there i think um when i look at savia prague he's kind of the he plays kind of Rice's role for people that um, haven't really seen him. So I, I think, and we saw it in West Ham too. Rice is a little uh, with us specifically. Rice is um, a little bit more tied down to the midfield without another player kind of just like him. Now with Suchek, you know, you've got Rice where he can trust the defense a little bit more, so he can say, "Hey, I'll go up for the attack a little bit more," and and it's working for us. Um, yeah. Those two together are, I, I think you would see two very, not, maybe not very different players, but two different players if they were not supporting each other. Uh, their chemistry is key. And another player, which I, he was probably on my uh, honorable mentions list here is Bowen. I, I've seen a consistent showing from Bowen. I've seen great play from him. Uh, it, it's very rare that I would say he makes a mistake that leads to some massive play. And I, I don't think maybe one time has le- ever led to a goal. So um, he works hard. He, if he loses the ball, you, he's the number one player to run back and get back on defense. And that has saved our defense sometimes. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job down the line. But also when when St. Maxim was playing on – that side he really did a double shift on defense and helped help Fredericks out a lot and I thought really they shut they shut him down for the most part on that side it wasn't until he kind of switched to, to Cresswell's side that that he they really had those those chances from uh from with that pace but so yeah he he's to me I don't think you can replace him in the team right now he's there's no player that plays that position that I'd, I'd choose over him, even even as a sub. Right, I agree. And one more player I want to bring up, because I thought he did a really good job, was Yarmolenko. I, I've seen him in last game and this game 
come in and make a difference. And even, yeah, maybe we didn't get a goal in the 90th minute this time, but I saw more attacking uh, chances, more, you know, I guess better chances on the attack. Um, I saw him create some space. He had some good balls in. He also uh, worked really hard up and down the line as I saw. And I wasn't upset with us moving bone to the other side because obviously we have to favor um, Yarmolenko's uh, favorite foot, but look, I'm seeing good play from him. I don't know if I would put him in all 90 minutes, but I think definitely that, yeah, like 60th, 70th minute sub, he's making a difference. Yeah, he. I think he's definitely needs to be the first player off the bench when we need a goal. He's shown relatively good job the last two, you know, scored that excellent goal the last game and really, I thought, had some, not really a lot of shots this game, but but had some good passes that went into to Suchek that for the header was one that stood out to me and he's yeah he's done a good job don't think he's fit for the full 90 I think that's kind of why he's not he's not being subbed until about the 70th minute onward but I'd like to see him be you know be more consistently uh featured in our games yeah I agree and uh you know a few world cups ago close uh, for the German national team would come on in the 80th minute and I think five out of the first six games that he did that he scored so it's not it's not playing all 90 minutes that makes you know that necessarily makes you a great player it's coming on and and making a difference especially when you're a sub making a difference changing the mentality and i'm seeing that from yarmulenko right now yeah i mean he's he definitely was the reason we got those the two extra points at, at the chelsea game and so i i definitely he it's been nice to see him come back be have have the chance to come back after the extended layoff so that's kind of one of the one of the examples of how this break might actually have given us some boost in in some sense. So that pretty much wraps up our our coverage of the Newcastle game. Next, we're going to look forward to the the Burnley game. Hello, welcome back to Green Eggs and West Ham. I, right now, for this section of the podcast, we're going to look ahead at next week's game against Burnley. They're about a um, middle-of-the-road uh, middle team here in the Premier League standings. Uh, they're a, a team that's um, like a little bit older on the, the age uh, bracket, but they've done well against in, in the past few fixtures. And Chris, what do you have for us in the look ahead? Yeah, they're kind of a team that, that doesn't, isn't flashy. No one really is is a world beater, but they, but they play well as a team, very tough to break down defensively and just get results. They'll beat the, they'll beat bad teams. They'll snag a draw against a a good team and really have, have done a lot with relatively little financial backing since they, since they came up from the championship a few years back. And a lot of that's down to their manager, Sean Dye. She's been linked with West Ham a few different times uh, we ha- there hasn't been enough concrete interest between the two parties to get a deal done, but I wouldn't be surprised in the future if maybe he does end up as a West Ham manager. Uh, but he's he's gotten a lot out of a lot a lot out of his players. Kind of, you don't really expect them to to do much more than maybe get mid table, but you also they've proven themselves year after year that they're not they're here to stay around the Premier League. So. Not not an easy team to break down, and and they've actually been on a pretty good run of form as of late. 
No, that's true. And uh, some interesting things too, are they, uh, they have pretty similar colors to us uh, in terms of the claret and blue there. Um, but they also, if you look at over their history, so um, they took a steep, steep dive um, in the 80s. But then like you mentioned in 2015, and they've been slowly rising since then. But then in 2016, it looks like they came um, back to the Premier League and been holding their own, um, actually doing a, a little bit higher than top 10 finish um, in 2017. So Look, this team, it, they were, uh, even at the start of the season, from what I remember uh, watching them, they're a team that you can't, it's kind of like a uh, um, Norwich, Newcastle, where they're they're definitely good. They're, they can hold their own, um, especially against top teams. And if we're coming in, uh, we we need the points, right? So we're four away from relegation right now. Um, I, we've got to go for the win, but we also have to be careful because uh, if we get if, if we get pushed up too far, they're going to punish us. Yeah, they're definitely a team that doesn't play with a ton of possession, is is usually from, from game to game pretty consistent in what they try and do. Uh, it's really a team that we can go in and beat 3-0 or it's a team that we can kind of have a dud against and, and not, not score anything on and, and give up a couple. So really could go either way here. I, I back us for the win. Uh, but they, they're they not a pushover team. I mean, they're sitting ninth in the table right now. Uh, maybe maybe we'll move down to 10 because Tottenham has a game to play. But yeah, well, And they did beat us 3-0. They beat, so we last played them in November, and they beat us 3-0. Now, given we've had a lot of changes, obviously brought on Bowen and, and a few transfers as well, um, but the fact that they beat us 3-0 back in November is um, something that's kind of concerning to me because, like you mentioned, yeah. you, you well, either – that was under Pellegrini, I believe. That was one it of was. his, it his was. last few games. And but yeah, he's Yeah, it, it was. You're right. Different manager, but um, but still, you know, they've proven they can beat us and they can beat us pretty handily. So I think for this one, uh, I if I were Moyes, obviously you've got to go for a win now. You can't just be saying, Hey, we're gonna sit back and tie. Um they they are a little bit more uh, of a team that will sit back. So uh I think I would probably start out in a little bit more of an attacking formation, kind of like we did today. Uh, I wouldn't have Noble on the field yet. I would play a little bit more attacking and see how that goes. And then if you get up to zero, maybe yeah, sub in a Noble uh, or some other defensive player to kind of hold the lead there. But um, but other than that, I would I would play an attacking formation. Let's let's assume so. Halaire seems like every game the next match could be the one he comes back in, and yet it's probably the second or third game in a row where where we've been a little disappointed that he hasn't been able to feature. Uh, and now there is some – we won't get too deep into it. You can kind of look to the tabloids or, or to other more informed podcasts about this. There seems to be something about West Ham not paying one of his transfer installments. But but from X, XWHU employee and other sources, it seems to be the reason he's not playing is purely because of injury. So assuming he's back for that, Chris, do you play him? Do you sub in anyone else or do we keep the same 11 that started today? No, I absolutely play him. Uh, if we have the same service that we had today, Hilaire's going to get some goals. And he's had a little bit of a rough start at West Ham, but he has you know, had some chances. He has uh, suffered a little bit from the lack of service. So if we keep playing like we've been playing the past two games and just throw Hilaire into the mix, that's that's going to be, I think, a deadly formation for us. Um, the one person I would replace uh, in so that we can get Hilaire on the field is Lanzini. I thought Lanzini was okay. But uh, but if we're bringing Hilaire back, I definitely would uh, give way through Lanzini. 
So what would that look like? Would that look like more 4-4-2 with him and Antonio up there and maybe move for now to the left? Or would that look more like still that 4-5-1 just moving Hilaire to the center and maybe shifting Antonio out wide? What, what, how would you structure them? So Antonio definitely has the pace uh, on the, that left side. And, you know, then you've got that Fredericks run and Bowen really on the right side coming up, making runs. Uh, I think because of the history that we've seen with Hilaire and with the formation that he likes to play, um, I would put in Antonio and up top. Uh, so I would do that full four two. Now, it's a little bit tougher in the midfield because I want for now to play attacking mid. However, um, I also, you've got to have Suchek and you've got to have a rice in there. So I, I probably would start um, for now on the left side there, Bowen obviously on the right. Um, but I'd probably start for now, see how it goes. Uh, if we need to sub in Yarmolenko, great, we can. Uh, Yarmolenko also, I wouldn't mind, you know, if we need to take out Antonio, though I want to keep him in. Um, so, you know, obviously being his, this is going to be his third game in a row of really short break. Uh, so, yeah, we have, we have a, little, a little bit of flexibility with that. What, do you, what would you do? See, this might surprise you. I mean, I, I don't think there's a bigger West Ham apologist for, for Hilaire than myself. It's obviously... I followed him back at Eintracht Frankfurt and thought he was a class player. And I still think he needs to feature. He's, I think if we give him the right support, he'll be banging in goals. Uh, but I, I actually would, surprisingly enough, I'd keep the same 11 that we had this game in the same formation. One thing that really, you know, I, I typically hate the single striker formation, but the way we played at this, where we had a really defined number 10 in uh, in Fornals and had him much closer to the box and Bowen shifting in to be a second striker often gave a lot of support and really it wasn't it wasn't the isolated striker we're used to seeing from this formation so I'd probably keep the same lineup and, and Lanzini showed enough for me to that I want to see I want to continue seeing what he has to offer but I would because Antonio seemed a little tired I probably would if if Hilaire is back, maybe he might not be fit enough to play ninety. But also Antonio seems a little tired. Maybe around game game flow dependent, obviously. But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe at halftime or at the sixtieth minute we take out Antonio and, and put in Hilaire just to to basically give them both an opportunity to be effective and and to not to run either one into the ground. But I I wouldn't be mad if we did what what you suggested and kind of do a four four two and start Hilaire. Well, here's the thing too. We have five subs. So even if you sub them a little bit early, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't make a sub before halftime, um, but halftime is probably the earliest I would do it, but we have five. You don't, it's not like your regular three. So if you make a sub a little bit early, fine, you know, do it. Especially if the game's not going your way, if we get down two zero or more. When I think um, they've, the, the, the schedule being as it is, it's such a compact schedule. We're playing, you know, about two games every eight days, which is we would see about maybe one game every six or seven days for the most part with just only a couple midweek games sprinkled in before the break. So this, the players really are, are getting a lot of run out there. And I, yeah, you need to take advantage of those extra subs and especially our players like, like Antonio that, that are injury prone don't don't run them into the ground don't get don't have a soft tissue injury 
yeah, you take advantage of those subs. Yeah, and let's talk about if Flair's not back. If Flair's not back, I would likely play the same formation. Uh, we've seen some success with it. We saw a great play today, some uh, periods of 10 minutes here and there that we really connected. And then it really it was just the defense, I think, was, was the biggest problem um, for our game against Newcastle. So I would keep the same formation. Another, if if we need to sub out Antonio, Antonio because he's a little tired um, or just to protect him from injury, really, uh, I, I would put in maybe a, a Silva is a little bit of a risk because you haven't seen him. And I'm fine starting Silva to see what he's like, but having an option for a sub, I would be cautious against subbing out Antonio for a Silva or a Yeti, really, um, towards the late game. You know, I, I'd probably favor Yarmolenko more in that. And, and even Wilshire. I thought Wilshire played okay. Yeah, I, I definitely think Yarmolenko needs to feature for us. I would 100% put in Wilshire over Noble as a sub. One more change, actually, I want to make. I, I would, I would actually start Balbuena instead of Diop. I think Diop has had too many lapses in concentration. Obviously, he gave away the penalty at at Chelsea, and he, I thought, was was at fault for you know, just not marking several players throughout this yeah, game. Coverage. Some, some, end, some didn't end up in a goal, but some, some, you know, that second goal, I felt like he should have been marking better. And I thought he also gave some other opportunities that didn't end up in goal. So I would, I'd put Balboina in there for him. Yeah, I think so too. And if anything, that's a mentality check uh, for, for Diop is, Hey, we've got another defender that we can play in your place and you'd either need to step it up or Balbuena is going to start playing. Balbuena, we've seen some success from him too. So I, I would still trust that back now. I don't want to say trust the back line because, uh, you know, we had a little, a little tougher day today, but, um, but yeah, I think we've got the talent in Balbuena to definitely sub out Agbana or Diop. Yeah. What's, what's your score prediction? Yeah. So I'm going to go with, uh, considering they, they won three zero last time um, they've got the opportunity to score. They've been tying some really good teams. Um, I'm going to go with a one, one draw. I, I think if we either and that, and that's with Hilaire or without Hilaire. Um, I think if we do have Hilaire, we have the potential to get some goals in. If we don't have Hilaire, we really need to play extremely well. I think we will get one, especially if Suchek keeps up with his streak here. But but past one, uh, it's going to be a little tough, I think. Yeah, I I, I actually think we're going to get uh, a 2-1 win here. I, they've, you know, they've only scored 37 goals this season. We've scored 40 ourselves. We obviously, we've given up more. But, and... Now, they are on a decent run. They've won. They tied at Sheffield today, but they've won a couple games recently. But the way they've typically, the games they've won have been 1 0. And I, the way our offense is playing, I think we're going to get a goal or two. And no no one on that squad, that Burnley squad, scares me. There's, they have, they're competent Premier League players, but there's no one that I'm, you know, that a if they out. get the ball, yeah. I'm like, oh no, we got to, we got to yeah. focus on them. So I, I'd go hopefully a 2 1 win. That's going to be my prediction this time, but we, yeah. we can't fall asleep. They are not a pushover team. No, we can't. And and like we mentioned, they they're getting their goals on the counterattack. They're a defensive team that holds back and waits for their chance. And if we're seeing thirty percent possession in in my opinion, if we're seeing thirty percent possession in the first half, that's going to be very telling because they're and, and maybe it is all in their half. Uh, but 
I think we that's one area we've got to improve on. And if we do improve on that possession stat and get it up a little bit more where we're controlling the pace of the game, it's really it comes down to tempo and control of the pace of the game. If you're doing that, then fine. But um, right now, I feel like there's times where we don't, and and I think we're going to suffer for that. So if we get that under control, that's probably the biggest thing in the offense can fix, move the ball around a little bit more. Right now, we're kind of relying on those runs, and uh, we're going to get stopped by Burnley on those runs uh, after yeah. a while. So it, It's interesting to see one team has to have the majority of possession and you know we can't see both teams have 35 percent possession it's it's impossible so see kind of who who's going to play differently are are we are we going to be you know more possession based which i think we definitely have the capability of i think individually we have more quality per player than burnley does and really some some players that on the ball could could offer a lot but then i can also see us just sitting back and, and having maybe 40% possession doing, doing not a lot, not a lot, but then still maybe be, be dangerous on the break. So it'll be interesting to see what we do. Do, do you have any key instructions that you would say Moyes needs to give the team? And and for, I'll give you an example for me. It'd be get out there and attack hard because I, get in, but it's really the mentality after you score, do not sit, you know, don't just assume that you've won the game because that's what we're really messed up on. Yeah, I, I think that my two instructions on the offensive side would be off-ball movement's going to be key. We Today, we, we moved today and, and probably the last 45 minutes of the Chelsea game, we saw a lot better movement by the players that didn't have the ball. We weren't – it wasn't just waiting around. It was actually trying to get to open spots, trying to get yourself in a position to, to move the ball, have several link-up passes – and so I think a, a team that's as defensively stout as Burnley, that's going to be the key. We can't just hoof hoof one long ball up to Antonio, hope he can outrun someone and maybe see what we can get off a of set piece. So that'd be my offensive one. Defensively, I would say really command the back four. Work as a unit. You you gotta work as a unit. You gotta you gotta mark who's in the box and and just I, I don't you know, I'm not a Premier League manager, so I, I don't know the, the tactical what, you know, do this, do that exactly. But just something that that really gives them a clear idea of what they're what they're supposed to do and, and and so they don't just have these massive lapses in concentration or, or just kind of get lost out there. Yeah, and me being a Premier League manager in FIFA, I think that the, the defense is um, that, and like I said, possession, but defense obviously is, I think, the number one place we need to work on this week. Um, our offense is connecting, keep that up, but we've got to get better on defense. Yeah. Well, it, it could be definitely a uh, an exciting game. I think it'll be, it's it's a Wednesday game, uh, noon here, noon our time, and I this could be, if we get a win, could be the one that pretty much gets us all the points we need to stay up. But we have several several winnable games ahead. It, it's look, We're looking up more than we did before the Chelsea game, obviously. So four points in our last two with, I think, four of our last five are very winnable. Uh, you know, I say winnable, but then we are West Ham. So you never know what we're going to get. But that's that's why we love them, isn't it? That's right. And I'm happy with a win. I'm happy to okay with a tie. Uh, obviously disappointed with a loss. Yeah, I think any any points now are, are key just right. to, to maintain our position above the relegation zone. So 
I will say the last two games, although this game was frustrating, the last two games have really made it fun again to be a West Ham fan. It has, and it's kind of raised my hopes that we actually could end up okay, um, especially because our offense is starting to connect and it's been fun. Yeah, I'm still not letting Moyes off the hook. I, I think he was a, a big, big reason we were we didn't get the three points today. And uh, he's just – he's made – good choices and bad choices in the last two games. There's been some hope from him and then some just unexcusable uh, choices that, that have, that have hurt us. So hopefully he, he selects a good 11 and and makes some good tactical actually takes use of the five subs he's allowed and we'll get the, the three points at Burnley. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.